temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Pod Sauce, guys, your podcast every show. Dax, take it away, I am so excited take because I have someone that I have known for a very long time that I'm a huge fan of, Lisa Lampanelli. Welcome Yay. to Podsauce. Oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> and you never age, which really makes me mad, but neither do I, because I'm really pretty. At least you got the, the plaid memo for today. We Look did, we Where's both yours? did. I feel like the odd person out. That's I'm okay. over here dancing for y'all, as y'all have a reunion. I'm like, yay! <laughs> Happy times. Yes. I met Dex when he used to be a reporter, in quotes, for TMZ. <laughs> not, nice try. No, but those were back in the days when I was doing comedy. Sorry. When I was doing comedy and I, before I retired from it, and I swear to God, the things I would say to you now, I would uh, never say to another human being. Uh, I would torture him about looking gay and about everything else. Mm. And when I was like, you got married, what's his name? You know, so... <laughs> You've always been such a good sport she, about it. She roasted me so hard, and it was like the happiest time of my life. Really? Well, <laughs> because you get good. roasted by the queen, the queen of roasting. Of roast. You know, yeah, like yeah. that doesn't happen every day. Yeah. And you know, I, I saw that you have a podcast, I and I was know. like, we gotta get Lisa on. She's mm-hmm. got a podcast, like. This is my time to give back to her for it all is the really joy nice of you. she's brought into my <laughs> no, life. No, really it is because it's so weird. We were talking before we started taping about just letting things go and letting yeah. things happen. And I literally, after retirement, I was like, okay, I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. I want to be that person who gardens, who maybe knits. That lasted <laughs> for like three minutes and I want to kill myself. Fair. Um, so it was really weird. These two guys... My niece, okay, my niece Emily is a sweetheart, and I do anything my nieces and nephews ask me to do. So she's like, well, my friend's starting comedy, so can you go and critique him? So, I mean, honey. You said like critique? How many shows Say do you get invited to? Like, like oh. a million, but for a niece or nephew, I'm like, okay. You gotta do So I go it. see him, and I, even at dinner before I said to him, now I know you're probably gonna suck. I'm probably gonna have to break your heart. And then I watched him, I was like, oh my God, there's like something funny about him. Yeah. So I started hanging with him a little bit, met a, another and one of his this friends. Bo or Nick, this sorry. is Bo, Bo McDowell. Okay. Okay. And then I met his friend Nick, and what was wild was I'm like, oh my God, the conversations you guys have mm. between you as two straight guys, millennials are so deep and like meaningful about big issues like acceptance and vulnerability and fear of success and stuff that only like I thought women talked about. Fair. I was like, 
oh, this is a podcast. And of course, then you're, if you're me, you shoehorn yourself in. And you're like, <laughs> well, I, you're saying, if you're that smart, I should be in. Yes, and then yes. you guys, I am Beyonce. And then y'all <laughs> can fight Destiny's over Charles. who's Kelly and who's Michelle. <laughs> Just so uh, clear. Trust me, Got both it. of them are kind of girly. No, that's what's weird. It was like <laughs> noticing that they actually were not broy at all mm. because I'm so used to that age group of guys, you know, white straight guys being broy mm-hmm. and like like saying talking crap about women and stuff. I was like, oh, you have feelings. That's what I love about working with Dax because I feel like there's a a good black woman deep down deep in, in there yes. because he understands and, and he gets and the struggle. Yeah, he gets he gets the struggle <laughs> as, yeah. a, as a cis white man, but he gets it. <laughs> well, it's you like know. I think it's just people how they're raised, the yeah. losses they've had, the trauma. One of the guys, Bo, is four years sober. Mm. Um, Nick lost his mom when he when he was six years old. I mean, that's stuff that even if you Life. don't talk about it all the time, yeah. you kind of have one way. You can go one way or the other. You can turn into a bro a hole who hates women mm-hmm. or a real drunk who doesn't recover, or you could become enlightened and figure your stuff out. Yeah. I was gonna say. By the way, the name of the podcast is Losers with a Dream. We haven't even said that yet. Oh yeah, and I'll tell you why <laughs> I named it <laughs> we that. We it is so good. Say the name of the podcast, yes. but. On that note, what you're saying with them being so open, yeah. I was listening to the episode about even heaven knows we're miserable now. Miserable. Yes. yes, it's oh. Misery Loves Company because, yes. come on, when you're miserable, they, isn't it fun to have miserable people around you to the, drag you down? No, absolutely. The episode, it was, it was so relatable Aww. in regards to their conversation because you came in, you jumped in, and then you left for a little bit and let them talk. And their conversation about, you know, I have struggles where I'm maybe not to the point of my career or I'm not to the point of my life or my mm-hmm. relationship or whatever it is and you look at someone else's life and you're jealous and you take it out on them and you're oh uh, great comedy show but I hope you get hit by a car the second yeah, you leave you yeah, know like yeah. and I think a lot of people have those same thoughts yeah. but you don't always vocalize them because right. it's taboo to vocalize them mm-hmm. and they had this wonderful conversation about how it's not okay to have the thoughts but they do and then they realize but that's just a part of life. Yes. And it was yeah. a beautiful conversation that you never hear anyone chat. But and I even think yeah, that, the, but there is an oh, okayness you. in having those thoughts. Of to course. Full, full disclosure, not to negate what you're saying, but I think that it is okay to of think, course. why not me? Yeah. Basically, yeah. right? Well, and the fact is, what's great about their conversations, they're, they know that that thought is something they want to aspire to never have again. Fair. But when you finally accept, I'm gonna usually go there but then catch myself. But it wasn't the yeah. why not me, it's, because I feel like everyone could have the why not me. It For was sure. the, I hope the person gets hit by a car. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> no, I mean, thought. I do that. Okay, here's, I'll, I'll tell you something. There's a, there's a couple people walking this earth, and <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm like, <laughs> Well, my part of it is always, I, whenever I am like, because I've had weight struggles all my life, you know, yeah. I got the weight loss surgery 11 years ago, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's great because I kept most of the weight off, but it's always on my mind. So part of me is, and this is horrible, but every time I see someone gain weight who I don't like, mm-hmm. people I like, I'm like, good. If I see you gain weight, I know the pain you're in. And if I don't like you already, my immediate thought is, good, now you see how I had it after you made fun of me. Ooh. But then yeah. you catch yourself as a semi trying to evolve person and go, you know what? I have to throw compassion at them. Yeah. I have to go just because you were mean to me doesn't mean that I want you in pain. But I think the great thing that you're pointing out, Dax, is that we're going to have those thoughts, and then you get to them, and you work on them. Like we did an episode on, oh, God, judgment. Oh, my God. Mm. And it literally is ingrained. I read a Harvard study. 
six months old on we learn to judge mm -hmm. meaning like little babies have to figure out who to go to to, to survive mm -hmm. so if i'm walking down the street and i'm judging someone as dangerous mm -hmm. i'm like that's survival mechanism i have to then stop myself and go okay that person has nothing to do with mm -hmm. survival right now i can take care of myself and all that so i love that we go deep into the subjects but there's also that hey we're still working on ourselves so there's humor in yeah. that yeah you know i could probably never do a podcast that didn't have some humor that's why i kind of love to poke fun at them a little bit and oh, roast no. them you, a little you bit you roast them a bunch <laughs> i kind of go in kind of hard and that honestly if you guys are lisa comedy fans this podcast fills that void of you not being on right, stage right thank but you but you giving us that comedy and roasting nick and Bo, and i loved that 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 yeah. part makes me want to keep coming back because it's just so funny to hear you rag on them and yeah, you know, put I them mean, in their place. I, trust me, everything they've felt, I've felt in, in my human youth, you know? Yeah, it, it it's the human experience and, mm -hmm. and, and, and it is relatable and when you add humor to it, it right. makes it more palatable yeah. to hear that people that you love and admire may have some thoughts that are like a little dark and a little deep, mm -hmm. but when you add humor to it, it allows us to hear it. Yes and then connect and resonate with it. But like you said, as long as we don't stay there and we find our way to evolve past that, yeah. that's the beauty. And I think that that's what I love about your it's, podcast. Thank you, because it's like the constant working on yourself. Yes. Like I told them, I said, if we do 500 episodes of this, I don't even care, because I'm so detached, not detached, I'm so not attached to outcomes anymore, because yeah. that never works. Yes. Um, I go, I don't care if you have 35 listeners for the rest of your life and you make not a penny from this, but if you see evolution from episode one, to how you act and feel in your real life and mm -hmm. work on yourself and get deeper into connection, like with people, with nature, with anything, with spirit, mm -hmm. anything that makes us feel better about ourselves and more alive and connected, that's what the point of the podcast is. Yeah. So any monetary result or any career result, I don't care about. Yeah. You know, so it's cool. I was gonna say, the one thing that I liked is that you guys do a mental health check on each other. Oh my God, yes. And that's, so yes. the mental health check for you, you had just got off a podcast. Oh my God. And you were like, so the interviewer basically like told me I was a has-been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I what quit my career it, yes. before I actually oh hit God. the peak. And I'm <laughs> it was really funny because I think that I was smart enough and actually just the universe was like, Lisa, you're going to retire. Like, I just knew, I was you noticing about my life that, okay, you weren't I don't happy. like traveling. I don't, yeah. yeah, I wasn't happy yeah. doing what I was doing. I liked the stage part enough, but not enough to outweigh all the stuff mm -hmm. that comes with being like famous-ish or stand-up. So I call my business manager. I'm like, okay, well, like when can I get out? And he goes, you have to save this much, downsize your houses, oh and you'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So I retire publicly on Howard Stern's show. And... I sort of canceled myself before I could get canceled yeah. because that was starting to happen too. So uh, like the podcast you mentioned, somebody had said, she goes, and she didn't mean it because we're friends. She didn't mean it the way I took it. She goes, well, sometimes, you know, people quit things bef when they're having a career lull. I'm not saying you did that, but, but that's all I heard. Yeah. It's like, oh, so I get off that podcast and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm in a bad mood and I wonder why. So I try to trace it back to what was the sentence that happened or what happened? Mm -hmm. And I go, oh my God, I feel like I've been called a failure, even though she didn't mean to. Yeah. So I said, let me just go on and check in and mental, talk about my mental health today feeling like I has been in someone yeah. who's completely irrelevant. Yeah. And just by putting it out there, oh, like even talking about now, I feel like relief. Lighter and yeah. It's because like you almost feel like you're hiding something if you don't talk about it. Like all the people who've talked about like their COVID weight gain mm. and all that.
Like I have huge shame around body stuff. Mm -hmm. And I gained seven pounds in COVID. I got 40, babe. Oh, well, it's a lot. You know, if anything's a lot yeah. to, to someone who struggles with this whole thing. Yeah. Yep. And I have so much shame around it. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to put it out there because you know what? It's probably not coming off mm -hmm. because I'm of a certain age. It probably redistributes, redistributed. I can still be fine and go, I can accept me as I am. But that's hard. If you don't talk about it and put it out there, and that's what we do on the podcast, just talk about the shame yeah. because you cannot heal shame by being ashamed of it. And there's but someone Lisa, else out there that's dealing oh, with the right. same issues. What's 100%. so beautiful, too, about what you just said, if you heard, like, just listening to you, yeah. um, how you can pinpoint that moment of, because when we're still growing and evolving, there's still parts of us that... Uh, can take what someone says and it still affects us mm. versus just being able to put it more so on them. That has more to do yes. with you than it does about me. It says more about you than about me. Right. So you had that moment of you and we, you internalized it. But then because you are in this space where you're desiring to be to continuous to become a better and a higher version of yourself, mm -hmm. you were able to stop and be like, OK, so what just transpired that made me yeah. feel and shift my atmosphere and then pinpoint it reassign it yes and yes. then move past it wow that's such a great way of thinking about it because mm -hmm. i'm going to re-listen to this when it's on and make the guys listen because that's a great way of putting it because reassigning it because in the old days mm -hmm. you know the old angry lisa before retirement would be like that f and c mm -hmm. i'm not talking to her anymore how dare she and this poor girl like really didn't mean anything wrong. I know her so personally that I'm like, there is no way she meant any harm. Yeah. But you just know who's a harmful person and who yeah. isn't. And I go, oh, that's my internal, oh, you're a failure. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is I was so lucky to be raised by parents who put no pressure on us to be successful. Like they were just kind of like, go to college, see what happens. Like they didn't care about any of that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, where does that pressure come from? It's all that stuff that I picked up along the way about well, you yeah. have to stay at the top. You have to be a success forever. And you're a woman. You're in a comedy space that, you know, dur during that time is predominantly ran by men. Yeah, it was crazy. Heavily ran by yeah. men. Yeah. You know, we, you weren't allowed to e exist in those spaces in your most authentic self. Right. Opposite these dudes. So I could totally see where some of those, you know. Yeah. It was funny being in comedy back then because, honest to God, I at first didn't think, I, I didn't admit till last year it was harder to be a woman in comedy because mm -hmm. I was always like, oh, I did great. Mm -hmm. And I literally remember hearing that Taylor Swift song, The Man, mm -hmm. about it would be easier if I was a man. And it's not a sad song. And I'm in my car literally sobbing. I'm like, what is going on? I get teared up now thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why do I care about this song? It's so stupid. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh my God, it was harder. So I think it's admitting all that yeah. without being, oh, I was a victim. It was like, oh, it was tough, and I never admit to anything being hard for me. There's still power in, in, in being a victim. Mm -hmm. And I, I say that as someone who survived, like, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. I feel sometimes, you know, we try not to look at it from a, 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 the lens of a victim. Right. But the thing that's so beautiful about what you're doing, especially as we continue to evolve and become better versions of ourselves, is taking that power back. And yeah. saying, yes, it was hard and yes, it was challenging and having those moments where you can cry and, you know, uh, feel whatever it is that you didn't allow yourself to oh, feel back then. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Good point. And, and, you know, because I always medicated. I was never a, I didn't like ever dr drugs. I don't even know. I never tried anything but pot. Mm -hmm. I didn't try booze. I didn't like it very much in college. We or anything. get the job done if you get a good yeah. strength. <laughs> well, uh, I used to, I used to really go to food all the time yeah and now that I can't do that yeah because um, the surgery doesn't allow you to eat uh, a lot yeah. you know and I was always a volume eater and I'm like man 
having nothing to medicate really sucks. And then I tried to, of course, medicate with achievement, mm -hmm. which never works because every HBO special or Comedy Central roast or Radio City Musical, you do, it doesn't fill the hole. So now I'm like, what the F fills the hole? And you go, oh, I guess it's, you have to just feel your feelings. Yeah. Oh my God, and so uncomfortable, but I'm like, I spend a lot of time just going, what is that, crying about it, and going, you know what, you're gonna stop crying at some point, which you always do. Mm. You ever notice when we fight it, mm -hmm. we cry longer? Yeah. And then we sustain, it, it, I always, like the other day I was, I bought my parents' home and I live in it. It's where I grew up, I love yeah. it. It's like totally cute. Yeah. And um, I'm like, always oh, see stuff that reminds me of my parents. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I wanna cry about dad or whatever. I'm like, that only lasted five minutes at the most. Yeah. So if you sit there fighting and it doesn't work, so that's why I try to do with the podcast is go, guys, Feel your these are deep freaking issues. Yeah. They're gonna be uncomfortable, but we have to talk about them, especially, you know, it's not women really, they're, they're guys and straight guys and you don't hear that a lot on podcasts, yeah. you no, know? You and really I think don't. it's very sweet that they allow me to kind of manipulate them into doing it <laughs> because they know, and, and by the way, now it's bleeding over onto the onstage stuff because yeah. I had watched them both recently and I said, no, it's great, you're getting funny, you're three years in, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, but now we gotta go deep and strength see what and makes you different from every other male comic and mm. they're pushing through it. What, what is the most rewarding part about being a podcaster for you? I think it's that I get to, first of all, as you can see, I enjoy talking about myself. <laughs> I told my manager, I don't want to do anything in life but talk about myself. So I do like, uh, I like actually incorporating, okay, I'm not a life coach. I quit that program because I do not like helping people on their journey and being patient. I like advice giving, <laughs> which I know is totally useless, but for these guys it works. I get to sort of have them benefit from my experience, have hopefully listeners benefit from that, and then go, oh, okay, I can also use that humor in a loving way. So I didn't have to like shed any part of my personality. Like with stand-up comic, especially the way I did it, I mean, you just use 10% of your personality, mm. that hardcore roaster type, and now it's like, ooh, 100% of Lisa can kind of show up. That has to be more fulfilling though in this space of yeah. your life because like you just said, you get to show up as your most yeah. authentic and full self and to see it be received as well and largely as it has, it's like, oh, I was always enough in You're right. this space. You're right. I didn't have to yep. be this version of me. I didn't have to be that version of me just mm. as I am. It's more than enough. Right, I always, you know, I wonder all the time, Wow, I wonder if I started comedy in this day and age, would I've been able to bring all this to the table? Because a lot of comics now can talk about food issues. Yeah. They can talk, like Hannah Gadsby's specials were so deep and there was more storytelling. And I was like, oh, maybe, but that's not the reality. I didn't start now. Yeah. But hey, who knows if I get Bernie Madoff and my money all disappears and I have to make a comeback when I'm 80, I was just maybe I'll say, have to come back and be a badass who talks about their real stuff. But I was about to say, is, 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 there, is there a world where, um, mainly because what I see over you right now is just so much joy and peace and contentment. Aww. I didn't know that version of you, but right. I see this version of you. Mm -hmm. um, is there a space where this version of you will show up on the stage and you know, I mean, you feel like you I, do stand up in this space? If I had a place, a bet, I'd probably say no, only because it just was too much of a lifestyle thing for me. Okay. It was too hard. It was hard. more the lifestyle than the rhetoric. Yeah, oh. but I, hey, who, 
Never say I'm never. Telling you, Who knows? Listen to her podcast because yeah. you get you get those the Lisa. You get the oh, Lisa. Of Lisa. Yeah. yeah. That you know she may not be on stage. She's behind a microphone yeah. this time. But it, you get it. You you're laughing throughout this podcast because. You know, she's making her life relatable and funny at the same time, mm-hmm. and you. roasting her co-hosts. Well, that's true, and you know, I oh, like, well, I do, I, it, the roast format I love, and that's a real shame that that's not something, you know, that really exists anymore out there. It doesn't seem like they're doing much of that anymore, yeah. except in private. But um, I did do a show which is the closest to what you're talking about recently, which I did a story, a story, um, it was kind of a storytelling show, but it was more of an interview. and. I had all these really fun stories that were really deep though. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the show, I got up, I got a podium and I, I did a roast of people who really deserve it, which was like groups that are horrible, meaning like people who throw change at homeless people instead of handing it to them. Mm-hmm. People who make fun of the special needs kid who's bagging your groceries. So you get to do those hardcore roast jokes mm-hmm. without roasting celebrities and low-hanging fruit and yeah. really having some meaning behind a roast. So that's the kind of show I might revive. Yeah. So it's almost sit down and then do this wacky roast of people who deserve it. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I, who, that's a weird thing. If you asked me would I be doing a podcast six months ago, I'd be like, no, nah, I just want to stay home and like, you know, decorate and do this yeah. and do that and, and be cute. Yeah, yeah. and then I was like, your knit. <laughs> I need to be talking. Like, I really do have two talents in life. That's it. I'm not very good at much. I'm good at talking and I'm good at driving. And so I drove here today and I'm talking. So I use my two talents. Well, and, and for a shameless plug, <laughs> mm-hmm. Lisa was recently on my Hollywood Raw podcast. Oh, yeah. That he, was great. He, got so, he was like, she was on a Hollywood Raw podcast. Uh, Hollywood Raw podcast. <laughs> We, we dive deep into her life and yeah. the, the mm-hmm. roasting and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, whether she would ever go back to that and some of the rules that they had with, at, at the it's roast. so crazy. A lot of really fascinating information. So, mm-hmm. again, shameless plug for Hollywood Raw, but it is a deep dive interview, a long format interview, and I thought it was a really great look at You cool. should have told me that career. prior because then I would have had, I would have been armed and ready to go. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's, it's interesting about that, like, old stuff. I mean, talking about the old stuff. I when we rehashed a lot of it, I really did enjoy the stage part. Mm. But I noticed that, oh my God, every every Wednesday I would be like, oh my God, I gotta pack. Mm. I gotta leave my dogs. I gotta leave my mom and dad. I don't know, the planes. And then of course, as someone who was raised by, my mom mom really had rage alcoholism, Mm -hmm. and I would go to rage all the time. Mm. I would be yelling at people and stuff, and I'm like, oh, wow, it's really nice to live life not yelling at people that much anymore because you removed. Yeah. <laughs> you removed. Because I did the Minimalist podcast yesterday, and we were talking about how less is more. If you want a happier life, you remove stuff. Mm. You don't add stuff. Mm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, by taking away the wrong husband, taking away the too many houses, taking away the career that didn't really seem like it worked anymore. It's like, oh. There's peace in that. Mm-hmm. So just removing really felt like that's where I'm supposed to be. But the part that we were talking about on there, like the roasting, like the actual stage, it was pretty badass. It's so beautiful because before we, uh, before you came in, when we first were like, you know, doing our prep meeting and yeah. this morning, I'm like, you know, uh, I read your bio. And the bio really is what jumped out to me, mainly oh. because I have a, 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 a good girlfriend um, who, at, like you, at mm-hmm. the top of her career, she just realized that, and I don't want to say at the top of, because I do believe you still have more heights to mm-hmm. come. I feel it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this sounds so whimsy, but it's like, okay. I feel it. That's okay. <laughs> I'm it. I like I'm that. Like, it's so not an insult. I'll tell you what. It's not. I'm like, there's so many, so many, and, and mainly because I'm, I'm watching you now, like I said, and how much higher and more peace that you mm-hmm. have here than in that iteration. That's why I can confidently say, I yeah. know that there's so much more on that side. But when I was reading your bio and listening to you, a lot of the things that you posed, the questions of, okay, what do I need to do to set myself up to exit this life? Yeah. Were things that she did. She ran this blog um, that was Nicole Bitchy, and I called her prior to us doing this to make sure she would be okay with oh, cool, me cool. sharing that. Um, and it was a gossip site, and you know, a lot of it was kind of like negative, negatively connotated, and mm-hmm. she just reached this point, and I remember, and I was saying to Dax and to Angie, I'm like, yo, I remember her being in my kitchen one day, and she was like, I'm so not happy. I can't do this anymore. Like, I feel, I feel void, and now she runs. She went flat broke, by mm-hmm. the way, and she, like you, had to mm-hmm. set herself up, sell this, sell that, get rid of this, mm-hmm. and now she runs one of the biggest women's lifestyle, <gasps> you know, sites wow. out there. She has this a multivitamin called Happy Flow, you know, that's wildly successful. What was that moment for you? I say all that to say, what was that moment for you when you woke up that morning and you realized I am willing to and I will be up for losing it all just to step away from this? Right. Well, I was lucky enough to be raised by parents who were Depression era. Okay. So they taught us from like age, you know, 20. When you got out of college, you just start saving money. Mm. So I was lucky and smart enough to have a business manager who was like socking it away, making me do it. And I'm good at that. I'm really, you should see, like my stuff does not cost a lot of money. Like I love a rainbow shop. I love a Target. <laughs> like, come on. Give me some and, you know, love, I used honey. to be like when I was making huge money, I would be like balling all the time. I was staying at the peninsula. I was buying all these bags and shoes and everything. Yeah. And um, I was like, clearly obviously trying to fill the hole and trying to make myself happy through artificial means which doesn't work and um i go okay so i had saved some money like i said and i just started noticing my life the problem was when you get on autopilot of career and driven you don't notice your life you're just running from this to that and this to that and you just don't breathe and i think it was my father when he got sick i had time to take some time off and take care or help take care of him and i was like Oh, this makes me happier than that does. So it's just noticing. And no action was taken at that time. So then I started doing the road again after he passed. And I was like, oh, this isn't happy. Well, this is weird. Okay, let me notice that. So I think it's everybody just needs to notice their life and discontent. So I don't think there's any one moment where you wake up and go, unhappy, let's quit. And so I call my business manager. Yeah, and I said, you know, what do we need to save? And... I want to live in this house my parents uh, built 70 years ago, which was always in my phone as home. Mm-hmm. It always said home. And I was like, oh, that's a sign. Mm-hmm. So he said, okay, we need to do this, this, and this. And you'll never have to work again. And it's not living a ball in lifestyle. It's living like a human, a suburban human being. Mm-hmm. So I go, okay. And it just was so the universe just took care of it. I had enough gigs to do that. I got enough self-esteem from connecting with friends and family. My management was totally cool with it. They wanted me to be happy. And then I just said, where can I announce this where it will be taken seriously? I'm like, Howard Stern, of course, because he's always been so good to me. Went on there and it just took off. And I was able to relax into this kind of space of figuring out what works. And not even figuring out, letting it happen. Mm. Because, I mean, it never would have occurred to me to do a kind of a podcast that doesn't even have a studio, mm-hmm. like doesn't even have a freaking producer. It's just like, we kind of just 
do talk. it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's because it's spiritually fulfilling. Mm. So I think it's pretty cool. That's mm. awesome. Do you, do you, as a podcaster, do you listen to other podcasts? Because I think one of the mm-hmm. beauties of this show is yeah. we discover other podcasts based on what people are listening to. Is there something that you could recommend that you listen sure. to that you love? Well, what's really funny is my age group is not podcast listeners. It's literally a younger person's game. So I was late to the podcast party, late to the Instagram. Like, I'm a late adopter of everything. Mm. So um, I, though, my niece, so as you know. you're listening to cereal right now? Yeah. <laughs> right. right, right. All things no. true crime. Right. <laughs> no, my niece, as you know, from uh, she does, and that's why we drink. Yeah. So um, I was like, oh, maybe I'll listen to podcasts, see what, see what that's all about. Yeah. And I had seen a Netflix special called The Minimalists. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, these guys are really cool. It's about less is more. Mm-hmm. And it's about really finding more joy in life through less things, less people, less that. obligations, less busyness. And I was a victim of busyness. So um, I started listening to them, and I was obsessed with it. And it's literally the only Patreon I have. I met with them yesterday, and I was like, guys, I actually paid $2 an episode to hear you, you know? <laughs> For all the exclusives. I know. So I love that. It's very spiritual. Yeah. Um, there's um, a couple crime ones that I've tried to listen to, but I kind of like watching documentary better. Mm-hmm. But I would say The Minimalist is like my obsession. Um, I do like the idea. I love Nikki Glaser's podcast. I think she's a badass because she started when she was 17 doing comedy Mm. and literally 20 years later is talking about stuff that I would have never had the guts to talk about at 37, like anorexia, like food obsession, um, low self-worth, just all that stuff that mm. women even hadn't talked about back then. Mm-hmm. So I listen to her. I really like those. So those two really clean my clock. And usually when I'm clean driving. Clean my clock, clock baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> so those are the ones I listen to when I'm driving. Because when mm-hmm. I'm at home, I just always have like the TV on in the background. Because mm-hmm. I need something to keep me in a good mood. Because yeah. I am not a wake up and take on the day girl. Yeah. I'm a, oh my God, this sucks. Rolling Let into the day. Let me figure it out. <laughs> Rolling oh into the God, day. Oh my God, when is that going to end? <laughs> when am I going to wake food coffee and get right. over to the yeah. pot shop. Yeah, I know. So I have all we, my we were like, girl, dump that in the mug, girl. They didn't cut us a check yet. <laughs> dump that, honey. That's true. So I just have on like Frasier, like old reruns oh of God, shows. Oh my God, I love Frasier. Isn't it the best? They joke, they make fun of me, yeah. but I'm like, I freaking love it's Frasier. It's the best. <laughs> I just have on a sitcom from the old days that made me Makes feel good. Makes you feel good. Yeah. 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 yeah, so those are the two that I really, really listen to. Awesome. Plus, of course, my nieces. And, and Hollywood Raw. I mean, yeah, Hollywood is like... <laughs> On twenty four seven. I got two I want to recommend to you. Ooh. I really think that you'll like just yeah. because you mentioned that you like true true, which they're a fan of the show. Yeah. Friend, friend, friend to the show. We're a fan of theirs. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's always the husband. Oh yes, I've heard about that. It's, yeah, so, it's good. so good. I love that it's idea because so it is always. It is always the freaking husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Max Linsky hosts a podcast called Seventy Over Seventy. Oh, like Norman Lear was one of his <gasps> guests and. Gladys Knight, Gladys Knight, I feel like you'll you'll really, really love that um, just because, I, and I loved it, just hearing sage advice, you yes. know, hearing how um, people that, whose works we grew up on, you know, works that we admire, just the different life lessons that they've attained along the way. Yeah. And looking back and appreciating the, life and giving it. their bits of wisdom on how, if they could do it over or if they could change something, this, this is, is what, what I would do. tell people. Yeah. And wow. like, 
who better to tell you than someone that's lived that's a lived full it. life? And I think that's what you were saying, you know, as yeah. far as like, you know, to your two co-hosts, you've, you've done it. You've yeah. ran the gamut. And now, you know, you're in a position to lend your life's experience uh, to them to hopefully make them, at least in listening to what you guys are saying, and I'm going to definitely check it out, better versions of themselves and yeah. better contributors to their craft. So 70 over 70. And Ooh, that it's sounds always good. I, think I love like. that. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I do think, like, if people of a certain age are not treated as well as they should be, yeah. they're not, like, honored as much as they should be. And, you know, I'll never be done learning, which kind of mm -hmm. sucks because I'm like, am I done yet? Like, what is that about? Like, when can I stop working on myself? Yeah. I'll probably be 80, 85 never. and still going to some yeah. retreat or still trying some new spirituality stuff. But that's why stuff. I think you're like Norman Lear yeah. said the exact same thing. He's the best. He's 90, 99 years young. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, and this actually got me over a fear of mine because I used to have a fear of death. It's mm -hmm. the absence of it all. It's the, someone said something to me the other day and it kind of, it tried to bring back my old little fear, but then I was like, get back down there. Right. But they're like, you know, you get to a point to where you realize that there will be a day that someone for the last time ever will say your name mm. before they leave this earth. And then all traces of you are, are gone, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Max Lewinsky asked Norman Lear, do you have a fear of death? Because again, he's 99 years young. Yeah. We want him to get all his years, but right. he's 99. And he's like, no. And he was so resolute in how he said it that it kind of blew Max back. And Max, Max was like, well, you know, what makes you so fearless when it comes to death? And he's like, well, no one's ever come back to tell me what I needed to fear. Oh, my God. I love him so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with him because, of course, I grew up in the day that yeah. all in the family was, you know, when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. it was just all the rage and all the mod. Mm -hmm. I always felt like the modern day mod. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, wow, just hearing that. I love that because dying. By the way, I've never had a fear of dying either mm -hmm. because we even talked about it on the show. We did a show on death because those guys have had so much loss. And I was like, I won't know I'm dead. So who cares? Okay. I am afraid of other people dying. Mm. So when my dad died, I mean, my fear from an early age, I mean, five was my parents are going to disappear. I don't know why, but that's how I felt. And I was like, oh, my God, I got through the worst thing I thought that could happen is my dad passing. And now my mom yeah. about uh, three, four months ago. I I'm was like, sorry. Yeah. She, oh, her birthday is coming up. And Christine from And That's Why We Drink yeah. is supposed to have her baby on my mother's oh, birthday. So yeah, that would be I very cool. Happens. Me too. I hope that happens. But it's weird how with death, I was always afraid of other people dying and yeah. still am. Mm -hmm. But I saw that I got through it. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I think my mind gets going if, I'm not here, are my kids okay, are oh, my wife okay? Level. And so that's where I'm not afraid to die, but I'm like thinking about them and what they would go through mm. freaks me out. Wow. Mm. See, no, you're absolutely, see, that's a whole different level. Yeah. Because I'm not leaving anyone. First of all, I have it on good authority. Your kids don't like you that much, so <laughs> it's You'll be fine. <laughs> then there's they that. often call me and then they, they say, how do we kill dad? Planning <laughs> the party. And I said, we'll do a podcast because it's always the wife. And we'll get the it's wife. Always the it's always the children. Yeah. It's always but no, the children. It is pretty wild because you do. A, everybody has different concerns yeah. about it. And I guess the whole thing is you just got to let go. Yeah. The whole, oh my, this is what I do. Again, I have to always go, wait, let it go. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like nothing really matters. Mm -hmm. It's if we do our best, if we kind of can look ourselves in the mirror at the end of the night and go, wow, didn't harm anybody. I honestly, my nephew who's married to Christine, mm -hmm. he's a PA. He, uh, he runs an emergency room. And um, 
I know they take that oath, first do no harm. Yeah. And I'm like, if I can get through every day not doing any harm, mm. that's kind of enough. Especially yeah. to self. And I think that oh, that's, geez, that, yeah. that's the part of that that we forget. Yeah. Oftentimes the greatest harm that we cause is to ourselves, mm. right? Because when we're damaged, obviously that will flow to everyone else outside of us. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, and the misery more we likes heal, company. Misery likes company. Oh, oh, <laughs> because honestly, though, be honest, isn't it horrible to be like in a sad place or a bad mood and you have like happy people around you and they're like, no, cheer up. And you're like, I hate you, die. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we all just experience that. I don't want to be cheered up. Okay, let me just wallow for a minute. But, but I know when to stop wallowing and shut up. You got to <laughs> learn it, though. It's, it's not, that's, not, that's not something that's like told to us because I think you naturally want everyone to be okay. I know. I, I think know. that that's one of the good things too, just as someone who suffered with mental health issues, mm. uh, there's been a few times, uh, and this is the first time I'm saying this out loud, but they've empowered me to be able to say that right. uh, where I've shown up to work and I wasn't okay. Right. right. And I'm so cognizant of it. Uh, and I, you still got to have a job to do because I'm one of those rare people that I breathe rare air that I'm not a misery loves company kind of mm -hmm, person. Mm -hmm. I may, if I'm in a shitty mood, I'll stay home. Oh, wow. Right. But yeah. when you have work to do, you have, sorry, Ange, for that, that bomb. <laughs> They'll edit that out. Yes. But there's times where I've shown up and I appreciate the fact that neither one of them, more specifically my co-host, because I have more interactions with him on set, mm -hmm. have tried to make me be happy, happy, joy, joy. Right. It was right. just, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. They, yes. You can acknowledge that someone is not okay and give them their space to not be okay. See, I love that you said it that way because that's exactly what happens. Like, I've become friends with Nick and Bo off the air, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, they're watching my dogs yeah. while I'm here because <laughs> I was like, this is me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to L.A. I'm going to promote your podcast mm -hmm. and I'm doing you this big favor. Everyone so one take of, a dog. <laughs> one of you is watching Parker and yes. one's taking Peggy. Take a dog. And so um, I am always like, I love that they'll call sometimes. They'll be like, oh man, just a day where I wanted to just, I wanted to scream, but I didn't. And I'm like, wow, just to get a call from someone who you thought you'd kind of have a working but casual relationship with, yeah. it's cute. And to go, oh my God, you're in my friends list on my phone. Yeah. Like, you know when you have that little list? I have a list of favorites that is just Benign, people. That you can pin. To call, like, in yeah. if I'm in a bad mood or if I need to just cry or have grief come out or whatever. I'm like, mm. these guys are on my phone that way now? Mm. Like, mm. ew, I go to them. Ew, you've actually become friends. I hate you. That's a <laughs> thing. I have to be vulnerable yes. with you. Yes. share my feelings. But I think that's why the podcast works because yeah. it's not forced. It's yeah. not like us yeah. trying to pretend we're friends. I'm like, oh, I actually like showing up for them. And I honestly am shocked that I'm calling 30-year-old guys mm -hmm. and going, dude, I feel really sad. And I think because there's so much sadness and grief that if we get that out of the way and we just feel it, then we can move on to other things. But that just shows how wise you are. Sorry, I don't you probably want to no, that. No, no. That shows how wise you are because wisdom shouldn't be attached to an age. You're right. Right? That's right. experience. And yeah. a lot of the things that these two young guys have experienced a lot of other people haven't yeah right and so be to be able to put ego aside yes and go ew i'm actually reaching out to people half my age but, you I'm know? but really people my age i get so annoyed with sometimes mm -hmm. because they're very ensconced in old ways of thinking mm -hmm. they're not open to new things i always call myself the world's oldest millennial because i am like i i wouldn't say i'm woke af 
but I'm really conscious of what the F is going She's on like, in the bitch world. Bitch ain't sleep though. Yeah. 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 That's right. I, yeah. Like I really was like, whoa, like yeah. there's stuff you should be concerned about and it's not your taxes. Yeah. Like I will not have dinner with people if they start talking about like, you know, yeah, but I, I really, you know, I'm a conservative when it comes to finding, uh, shut up. <laughs> Black Sydney. Lives Matter, <laughs> suck it, bitch. You know, I just can't. <laughs> Don't make me cry. <laughs> no, but I just get so bad. And I'm like, I literally find myself around younger people all the time. Yeah. Not because I think I'm young, mm -hmm. because they're open yeah. and they work on themselves and they haven't given up. So mm. nothing against people over 60, but you know, don't talk to me about stupid stuff. I don't Come care. On, I don't care about your taxes. Come on. Oh, she goes no. with a Karen voice back and forth. Listen. <laughs> well, Lisa, I, I swear we could have you for the rest of the day. Oh, you're I love you're you, wonderful. Man. I know at some point we have to. Yes, wrap it and up. Wrap it out. Yeah. You're wonderful. Oh, You're I love really you funny. guys. You're doing good stuff. You've been good for my soul. Huh? Yay. Oh, my God. You too. Thank you so much. This was great. Yeah. And shameless last plug Losers with a Dream, available everywhere. Get into <laughs> it, honey. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, guys. This is Pot Sauce. <laughs>